What's going on, world? Welcome to the Double Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double Up, and we're here to connect perspectives, man. We got another another special guest in the building, man. My guy, Josh Gordy, going to be joining us. And the brother got a great journey to show with us. He's going to tap in and tell us how he made it to the NFL and kept it going because it's more to life than just playing ball. You got to connect them platforms and make sure you maximize it for the next opportunity. So I'm going to let Josh tell his story. You know, I ain't going to go too deep, but – Brother made some time for us, so I'm going to go ahead and throw him into the stream. Make sure my guy Josh all good to go. Josh, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me? Make sure I stream. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make sure I stream clean. You can hear me? Hey, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the connection yeah, is good right now. Uh, that bad Wi-Fi, like when 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 Nelly and and, and or Teddy Riley was on versus, man, we got to get right. <laughs> How you living, though, brother? I know, man. Let me uh, get mama to do it. What's up? What's up? What? Good, man. Let me uh, let me try to see if I can get into my office for a better connection. Are right, you good? You good, bro? Happy with her flow. How we signing now? Oh yeah, yeah, we all good. We we good now. You must be next to the router or something. <laughs> well, we kick off this episode. Got to shout out the sponsors: Alkaline, Activated. Make sure y'all get into. Alkaline, and in Arizona, so gotta shout out the sponsors, man. Gotta show love, bro. So Josh, he getting this his Wi-Fi together. We're gonna get bro on the stream real quick. But the the dope thing about Josh is I was able to actually see him play. You know what I'm saying? He played with the Rams back in the day. And so you had to be a baller to be a part of some of them teams. And it was when the Rams was good. Now I ain't talking when we was getting scraped. None of them years, but we actually had some ballers. And so to see the brother transition and keep it moving, like that's major. You can't just sit back and be like, you know what? I made it to the league. I'm that guy. Everybody should respect what I built already. That ain't enough. You know, we too locked in on being a professional athlete or an entertainer and thinking that's the highlight of life. I know some cats who think graduating high school will be the highlight of life, but until you experience more, then you don't really believe that it's actually something that can be greater than this current moment. And so anytime I see athletes or people that's already achieved something professionally keep going, like that's that's major to me. You can't really try to shit on that or act like that's minor because it's it's natural for us to rest on our laurels sometimes and 
and not keep going. And so that's something that I, I commend Josh for doing. That I, I think we got brought back on the stream, man. We got this this Wi-Fi good money. Yeah, man. You know what? I was I was being hard. I saw the email said use the Chrome, but I was still trying to use uh my regular internet on the phone. Oh uh, uh, man, nah, nah, you good, brother. I appreciate you making the time, man. Oh man, man, my pleasure, man. Hey, love sharing stories, man. Hearing stories, you know, different guys. That's how we all connect. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Staying connected after the game. That's the main thing, bro. We got you, bro. I'm gonna turn turn you up a little bit. I got you on two screens, man. I got my IG live going for the folks that's watching on there too, man. So. Gotcha. I, I I know your story because I, I do my research, you know, before I had my, my people jump on. But I, I really am interested to hear it from your perspective, because I know sometimes just that dream of getting to the league and yeah. seeing yourself on that platform. That's just an idea to many. But to the ones who actually make it to that level, it's almost like I expected this. What was that your experience, or was it kind of like, man, I can't believe this is happening? Man, you know what? I, yeah, I probably had more of the latter experience. Um, you know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about my story coming out of high school, man. Um, it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you was, you know, you was probably like Mr. All World in high school, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I wasn't. Um, I said, believe it or not, man, I, I probably and truly only played six or seven truly meaningful games in high school, mm. believe it or not. Believe it yeah. or not. My senior year, man, um, I mean, midway through my senior year, I was man, I was playing special teams, man, high school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a, I was a, a core, what we call it in the league, a core teamer. <laughs> hey, that's how you stay in the league, though. Yeah, yeah, in the, in the league, yeah. But in, in <laughs> high school, being a, being a core teamer, you know, that ain't a, that ain't a good look. No, 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 no. But yeah, man, and see, when I'm always talking to young kids in high school, it's my, my message is always, you know, staying ready, you know, having a positive attitude. You know, mm -hmm. I easily could have been a guy who, um, you know, like just packed it in senior year. I was already accepted to go to colleges or whatever. I was just going while my homeboy was going. But you know what? But I, you know, I stuck with it, gave my all on the field, you know, whatever. But midway through my senior year, man, we had a safety that got hurt. And it was just a, a sprung ankle, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. It was just a sprung ankle. Um, but then they, you know, hey, let's, let's throw Gordon back there, you know. Now, one thing I always had was, you know, some speed on my side. So it was like, well, let's try him back there. You know, you know, he'll get us through these couple games till we get our guy back. Um, but long story short, man, you know, got in, got in, and man, everything just sort of clicked, man, in those few games. Um, and ended up with like six INTs, 80 something tackles, uh, two return for touchdowns. And um, yeah, so that's why that's how I was able to squeak in a uh, squeeze in a scholarship, man, offer from Central Michigan. You know, had to go a long way, but you know, I was, I was grateful for the opportunity, man, just to keep playing, get a free education for once. Um, but uh, and that, that's how it started, man, and got up to Michigan um, and, and sort of had another. Another type of you know turn of events that kind of went in my direction, you know, leaned in my favor. Uh, we had a lot of DBs, man. They was from the south or whatever, and I think it was more like a chain reaction. A couple guys said they was leaving, then they were like, "Oh, yeah, I'm out of here too," <laughs> you know. So yeah. it was kind of it was kind of like I was next up in line. It was like I was playing safety. Like, well, let's, let's try him at corner, and you know, went to corner, ended up being a four year starter, man. So 
Um, it's not about how you start. It, you know, y'all, everybody know that, but it's definitely about how you finish and keep a positive attitude along the way. You never know when, when you're never going to be called, man. Nah, straight up. If you're not staying ready, that opportunity going to come, man. You're going to have to swallow your words. All of them uh, times you was like, man, I should have been, I, I would have did this. And now you got the chance. If you ain't executing, you're just going to be short-lived. And so t- t- tell us a little bit about your, your hometown, man, growing up. Did you kind of have certain morals instilled in you in your household? Did you fan for yourself? Like, what, what was that experience like? Oh, uh, within like within my family household, man, we, we grew up, you know, hardworking family, man. Um, at the time I was eight, you know, I actually I started working when I was eight. In the summertime, you know, making my own money. My, my granddad, he had a, a pine straw business. Um, probably out west. Well, I know it's not, it's, y'all probably don't know about it out west, but, uh, more more down south, southeast region of the country. Uh, pine street, pine straw from pine trees are used uh, in landscape, uh, landscape designs or whatever. So, you know, pretty much we were the people out out harvesting pine straw, if you want to call it that. Uh, and so, man, at an early age, death was taught the value of hard work and the value of a dollar, uh, which took which took me for the you know throughout my life because doing that type of work, man, out in the Georgia heat. Like, if you didn't work, you didn't make no money. That's how that's how it went. Cause you you, you was paid off of what you did. Uh, but um, but yeah, man, we we definitely big on hard work and family, man. We we grew. I grew up in the country, so you know where I lived at. You know, my mom, my granddad, right there, my uncle and aunts. It was this whole family nucleus right there. You know, you hear that term. It it takes a village. You know, that's that's the exact setting I grew up in. So, um, and, and just you know more. I guess going to the football side of things, man. We we have a strong tradition in my hometown. I will say that. Um, you know, if anybody mentioned my high school around the state of Georgia, you know, everybody gonna it's gonna be oh y'all y'all play some football down there. You know, so which high school was that? Washington County High School. Um, all yep. right, all right. So we got Takeo Spikes came out of there. Okay. So Robert Edwards, Terrence Edwards, my brother Chris Edwards. Um, Robin and Terrence went to Georgia. My brother went to Georgia Tech. Um, had a guy recently uh, came out. He was Mr. Georgia football. AJ Gray went to Georgia Tech, but ended up having to uh, pack it in early. Had a heart condition, and actually, his sister right now is playing on the three the three on three WNBA team. Wow, uh, Alicia Gray. I don't know if you follow, you know, WNBA at all, but I heard her for show. Sure. Y'all got some talent down there, then. Man, I, I keep trying to get somebody to do a study. You know. Per capita, with, with the how I many professional athletes we can't have come out of our town, yeah. Um, you know, I want to I want to see how we stack up against bigger cities, you know, bigger people. But that's the, yeah. how small we are. We only got like twenty thousand people in the whole county where I'm from. Um, you know, oh, forgot a couple more people. A guy named Brandon. Uh, we had a guy Brandon Watts, Vikings. Um, yeah, man, we had a. Yeah, we had a good some good run down there, but again, it, it comes from tradition, man. So growing up, you, you know, you you always want to play football, you know, no matter what. And another benefit too, man, being a small town, like we only had two elementary schools, but then once you got to middle school, everybody combined at that point. But yeah. by the time you was in time you was in middle school, always through high school, you ran the same plays, <laughs> same <laughs> plays with the same teammates, you know, yeah. from from that time till you graduate. So that was kind of that was, going through it. You didn't know, 
I guess how special it was. But looking back, you know, that, that was very big because I mean, y'all, you run the same language, same plays as high school was running. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just a fun. It's just you know that, that culture, man, and that paid dividends at, at the end of the day. No, no, because it prepares you. Mentally, yeah, exactly. you're always looking for the next level. You know, you're not just kind of content with what's going on now and, and being successful. You like, I, I got to take it to to the freshmen, to JV, to varsity, and I think that's an important aspect to look at life because mm-hmm. some of us don't continuously look to progress after high school, after college, because it's nobody grading us anymore, right? And nobody yeah. really, I. Um, you did this well at life at age 30. You know what I'm saying? Your, your yeah. bank account might say it or your your relationships might say it, but it, it's not really no metrics. And so for you, once you was in college and you was coming from a smaller school, you, you're not in a power five conference or uh, uh, yeah. somebody expected to make it, was the time when you was like, all right, this, this really is – gonna work out you know like as opposed to just saying all right i'm gonna go to college play ball and if it work out it works out like now this is really becoming tangible mm-hmm. like, so what was, what was that, question? yeah i was saying when was that moment that it kind of switched from i'm at a small school i don't know if i'm gonna make it to okay nah, yeah, I I really got got right right probably i would say maybe my Probably my sophomore year, man. Seeing um, seeing Joe Staley. Um, I don't know if you know. Do you know Joe Staley, left tackle? Yeah, um, everybody yeah. know football. Got to know Joe Staley. He a legend. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, seeing him, you know, seeing him draw in the number of scouts he drew in at his pro day, just because I mean everybody knew he was gonna run a fast uh, forty. Like he ran like four six at the end of the day. Uh, believe it or not, he, I don't know if it still holds today, but at the time he still had his two hundred meter record at his high school. That is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. If he was, I don't know if he was just that fast or the track. Everybody was so. <laughs> so it might be a bad look for Michigan, but uh, yeah. uh but now, man, just seeing that man and being uh being around, just I mean, he I think he had like twenty something scouts there. You like, you like, oh man, like so people do know where we are, and you know they yeah. know we look, you know, um, and of course my senior year coming out, you know we. I had help, you know, ain't gonna lie, I had help from my quarterback, Dan LaFever, and a wide receiver, I'm sure you heard of, Tony Brown. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we, we drew in 22 scouts at our pro day. So whenever you get an opportunity like that, man, you gotta, again, it's about seizing those opportunities. Um, yeah. You know, I, we had some people didn't even work out for pro day. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta at least, you don't wanna always look back with regrets. And actually had another, had another teammate of mine, real good friend, still good friends today. You know, he he went. He was thinking about not working out. I'm like, I'm like, Roger, give it a shot. Like, he, it's free. It ain't like you're paying for it or nothing like that. <laughs> you know, end up playing ten years in the league. So you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I'm like, man, you ain't got nothing to lose, bro. You might well try it out. But uh, but yeah, man. So that was uh, that was definitely a journey. Definitely a journey, man. That's facts. Let me close these blinds and get the light right real quick. No problem. Look right back here. And so, so. and so, having actual NFL caliber players on your team in college, t- yeah. tell me what them ones was like in practice, man. Because I know, I know, I tell cats, 
one-on-ones they set up for the receivers to win, but that dog gonna come up out of you at a corner. I don't care if you got no pressure. I don't care if it's a it's a clean pocket or if it's a crowded pocket. I'm playing the same way. So in in practice, man, what was that competition like? Man, you already man, people who know Antonio, like on a personal level, you yeah. already know how competitive he is. Uh so yeah, man, we had we definitely had had our battles, man. Um, it, it was good though. You know, he's gonna bring the best out of everybody. Um, I was more, I was more of a, you know, get my hands on your line type of guy. You yeah. know, so so if I was able, to, you know, get my hands on him, you know, not not let him get his momentum going, you know, that that was kind of what worked in my favor. You know, and with him being so light, you know, I could always, if I did get my hands on it, it was pretty much game over. But I, as you know. If you let if you slip up and let him get going, <laughs> you know. So, uh, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, man, and, and great practice, man. Because uh, we also had a great wide receiver coach um, who coached those guys up uh, real well, man. So they was, they was well trained. But it prepared us too, man, for just facing anybody because we knew if we, we knew if we could guard the guys at, at practice and going against the spread offense too. You know, being in shape was uh, a big thing for us. So. Um, but yeah, man, it iron iron sharpens iron, man. You know, that's a fact. That's a hundred, yeah. man. And yeah. I know, I know, AB. We know his career and how great he is. But yeah. people kind of sleep on how great Dan was in college, bro. Like, yeah, no, just stupid. What, mm-hmm. what what was it like just being on the other side and and trying to make plays in practice? Was it a point where you realized when you got to college, like, oh no, I I put it back. Is a little bit better <laughs> than everybody else quarterback. Yeah, I, I think I think we saw that. Believe it or not, man, we saw that like live in the games because uh, he got his he got his chance to play by the quarterback getting hurt before him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so just seeing him step in, man, just take control of that offense. We was like, oh man, we got something special. You know, that was just our red shirt freshman year. So I'm like, man, we got something special for the next four years. Um, but yeah, damn, man, perfect size quarterback, big guy, but could run. Yeah. Actually, the year Tebow won the Heisman, man, Dan' numbers was uh, very identical to Tim's uh, right. Tebow number. Uh, he might have, he actually might have had better numbers than him. But of course, you know, being in the MAC, that's gonna kind of bring you down a little bit when it, when it comes, you know, hyping you up and everything. But yeah, the small I, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I'll take Dan any day, man. Dan the man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we still we still talk to man here and there, so. Uh, good, good guy, man. Glad I was on the team with him. <laughs> Put him like that. <laughs> Ain't nothing like having a good QB, boy. Because I don't know some teams where you you know your quarterback probably not gonna have to come back in on this game. But then you got the other teams where, well, you probably don't know since you had him since your red shirt freshman year, and then going to the pros, like y'all y'all kept some decent quarterbacks too, man. Like, what what was your first experience like when you came in the rookie minicamp? Uh, well, actually, take it a step back. Tell me what what draft day was like for you. Draft day. Uh, well, you know, draft day. It was draft day. What? Try not to get too, uh, you know, too anxious about it. You know, mm-hmm. agent had already, you know, kind of gave me the scoop. You know, definitely want to be a the first two day type guy or whatever. Later, later round type guy. So, um, but man, I was just I was just hoping for a shot, man, like anybody. Um, 
then I'm sure a lot of people went through this, you know, have have teams calling you late round, oh, we're going to take you, you know, all this, that, you know, so you just like, well, put your money where your mouth is, but, uh, you know, but, um, you know, going undrafted, man, and, and I tell a lot of people, man, sometimes going undrafted is sometimes better than going, you know, that late round, because you, you, you're, you're uh, you know, you stuck with a team, whereas undrafted, you know, you, you got your options. You can look at the roster, see, see kind of where you're going to have the best chance to uh, make a team uh, and go from there. So, um, yeah, just try not to put – I try not to put too much pressure on myself, man. Um, had a few family members, nothing big. Uh, but once, you know, once you did get that call, man, I, I said, hey, well, here's my story all over again. I'm getting the shot, getting the opportunity. I just got to make the most of it. Um, you know, and that's – I went to Jacksonville. So, um, yeah, man, just try to make the, make the best of it down there um, yeah. in Jacksonville. Yeah. That's when Mark Brunel was there, right? Uh no, no. Um He was done? Yeah, yeah, Brunel was done. Um uh, Garrod, Garrod was still there. OG David Garrod, big dog. Hey, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that Garrod. Okay, so yeah, it made me seem like I'm so old just mentioning his name because you know you don't really hear him <laughs> more, but yeah, he was on his way. He was and it might have been his last year, matter of fact. So mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man. Like, like, like David Garrod was was one of the brothers. So anytime it's a black quarterback in the league, like mm-hmm. I know that's a, that's a journey in itself. So much disrespect to him getting to that point. For yeah. for you though, coming into to Jacksonville as an undrafted rookie, right? Yep. People don't understand. It's not set up for you to go and make the team. It's really set up for you to go get some reps. Be a body, you know what I'm saying? Make sure that you don't hurt no wide receiver, and you yeah. definitely better not do anything to jeopardize the quarterback. You hurt if you blitz, boy, you better pull up. You know what I'm saying? So, what, what, what was your camp like? Like, tell me a camp story that you was like, man, this 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 is gonna be a little harder than I expected. The very first day, the very <laughs> first day, man, we was sitting in the meeting room, and you know how they try to. They they testing your mental. How quick you can pick up on all this stuff, right? So they shoot, man. They, I mean, we're going through plays left and right. My brain working so hard, man. That's always I've always been a playbook guy. You know, I never had trouble picking up the plays. That's all that's one thing I always had. I'm working for them. So man, I'm trying to pick up all this stuff, man. Like to the point, my ears, man, my ears start literally burning. Like I had never, I had never witnessed that before, right? <laughs> Like my ears, my ears were high, man. I'm trying to pick up all this stuff, but then in the meantime, like I forgot to, uh, when thinking about hydrating, man, didn't drink not, didn't drink not one bottle of water, no Gatorade, no nothing. In Jacksonville, out there, bad. It's humid, boy. So I done went out to practice, man, trying to give it y'all. You trying to make sure you stick around. First day, man, I done went back in cold tub. I caught a full lower body, a uh, lower body cramp, man. Whole whole body, whole leg <laughs> laid out. <laughs> I was in the cold tub. I started feeling funny. I'm like, man, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, get out. I'm getting out of the cold tub, man. I just, I should just locked up. I fell out on the floor, man. They had to drag me out, man. I'm coming. <laughs> ah, bro. And they said gonna have a long camp, bro. <laughs> man, I'm like, bro, this. I ain't never felt nothing like that, man. My leg was locked for 30 minutes. I had to get on IVs, all this stuff. Then, if you ever had a cramp like that. Even once it let go, like you still sore for the next two or three days. So, 
So I'm at practice, man. I'm trying to push through it. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you, but I tell you, I, I I never went into a meeting without at least two bottles on my desk since then. <laughs> uh, right That's how we learn as athletes. Sometimes like, we really got to go through it and, and and realize our bodies is what keep us performing well. So we got to prepare ourselves, whether that be fueling properly, getting the right rest and recovery, like. Dang, that's 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 crazy. I know what them cramps be hitting like too, bro. Especially yeah. if you're trying to take yourself somewhere mentally that yeah. you never been before. You mm-hmm. you like imagine being in practice for the NFL. So when you actually there, yeah. like yeah. you gotta you gotta snap back into it. Like, bro, I gotta go hard. Like this this may not ever happen again. So yeah, and I had a lot of I had a lot of family members came down, man. They, they you know the practice was open for that first few days. Yeah. You know, they, it was only four hours from the house, so man, a lot of people drove down to come see and everything. So I'm like, man, I can't uh can't let this opportunity slip. I got when you realized you was gonna gonna make the team and going into that rookie season, what was that was that a hey rookie moment when you was like this 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 is different in Central Michigan? I know yeah. I was doing my thing there, but who who was one of the receivers that 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 gave you some work, man, that, that rookie season? Well, now, now I will say, uh, now Jacksonville, I, I got, I did get released third week of the season. I mean, not season, third week of the uh, preseason. Third week of preseason. So you yeah. didn't make Jacksonville. Nope, no, I didn't make Jacksonville. I went, um, well, I, well, I said in a minute, but that's kind of when I saw, I really saw like the business side of the NFL, right? Because um, <clears throat> I was undrafted, and then they they drafted a guy. Uh, he was from a smaller school too. He was a returner and a corner, so you know, kind of had that more you can do type thing. Um, but I mean, we in practice one day, and um, I mean, not talk bad about him, but the guy didn't even know how to play cover two, man. I'm man. like, I'm like, really, like that? They draft him, and like, he don't even know how to play. And then he straight up told him one day, like, nah, I'm not gonna play. I'm not trying to play corner. I'm trying to. I'm just gonna be a returner. And I'm thinking, like, man, okay, well, yeah. I, I got to make the team over him. You know, he trying to tell them what he gonna do. <laughs> you know? I'm just I'm just doing whatever you need me to do, coach. You know, type thing. But um, at the end of the day, they kept him, released me. Um, you know, and I was like, okay, so you, you really see how to, you know, how to how to bend the part work of this of this NFL thing. You know, probably probably use some more words, like more like some some BS type. <laughs> you know, but um, but man, um. Yeah, so I went in and I, I was home for three weeks, and then I got picked up by Green Bay. So that was my, that was essentially my rookie year. Um, but yeah, man, now going over there with them horses now, it was a different, uh, different environment in Jacksonville. Yeah, so you went from the, the hot, humid Jacksonville up to Lambeau. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I knew, be, I knew it was going to be a problem. The day I flew in there, I'm like, man, it's already chilly. What the heck is going on? <laughs> I came from 90 degree weather in Georgia. Yeah. Up, you know, like a, a British 70 something. Like, wait a minute. Like, this is, yeah. uh, even though, I, you know, I went to school in Michigan. I'm like, man, I guess I forgot uh-huh. how soon it get cool, you know. But, uh, but man, now you're talking about, you know, welcome to the league type stuff. Um, Garden Greg Jennings. Are you talking mm-hmm. Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, uh, Donald Driver, uh, James Jones? They great receivers, and then you got a great quarterback to go with him, Aaron Rodgers. Man, you uh, now you didn't have no choice but to get better up there. I was, I would say, I was in my best, best shape, 
my mm. best man technique uh when i when i left there man you, you know every day you gotta guard you guard some of the best in the league you know that yeah. um and i do got a funny story about my first day in green bay <clears throat> you know that so you know got you know we got picked up or whatever again you trying to do what you got to do to make the team you know we, we break we break from the you know stretching and all that going to individuals you know so i'm jogging over the individuals with dbs and like hey gordon we need you over here we need you over here that's the old line coach <laughs> so i'm like all right cool like so i'm going up with the old line yeah <laughs> like we're like we need you to, uh give us a look as a, you know as a dn <laughs> got me a dn you know doing doing speed rush attacks whatever <clears throat> man, I'd have, I'd have hit him with a spool, a full three coming off the edge type thing. You know, I, I get the concept. You know, they wanna, if, they can, if they can hold me, you know, keep up with a DN. Yeah. So I done gave, you know, bam, straight out the line. All right, cool. So I'm about to run back over to DB, uh, DB individuals. Like, oh, no, no, no. We need you on this side, too. Like, okay. All right. So I do the left side, too. All right, that's cool. Zoom. Do that one. All right, so I know that got to be it, you know. So I'm high on, but no, we need you back on the right side. I say, all right, <laughs> zoom. <laughs> all right, now back on the other side. Damn, all right, it was a whole individual period, bro. They just switching out tackles, <laughs> bro. I'm dead, man. I'm dead to hell, man. But did the TV coach say anything? He just was like, no, nah, right. nah, they knew what they knew what it was. They know because. Even after, like, you know, you know how people get in and out during the season. Yeah. You know, when a new DB came in, they did the same thing to him. Same thing. <laughs> so he probably, they, they already said it up. They already knew, man. Man, you talking about somebody was so tired, man? Yeah. Boy, that, boy, that had me. Then in Green Bay, they they did their practice squad a little different than most people. Um, most teams I was in, you know, you just stayed on your side of the ball. Defense or offense. But, man, in, in Green Bay, man, we had to run. ran both sides of the ball. <laughs> So man, I'm bro. Wide receiver. As soon as you done that, you gotta go back to DB. But and you don't realize being on practice squad, you probably the most in shape player on the team. Oh, ain't no question. No <laughs> question. You, you do so many reps, like <laughs> no question. And, and you're running special teams, man. I was like, bro, practice squad only got about three, three corners, three, four corners, if that yeah. max. And so think about it for people that's listening. Yeah. The practice squad goes up against the ones. That means the people that you see making plays on Sunday, they're going up against the practice squad. The practice squad don't really got backups. In oh, practice, no, you get no backups in, in practice. So we got to go out there, give a great look. Yeah, yeah. Great enough to make them keep you on P-Squad. Otherwise, they don't get somebody else. So it ain't like you get to be just lax and days of going through the motions. It ain't none of that neither, man. So yeah, just yeah. got to clarify that for people that think practice squad is just, oh, man, that ain't that ain't much. You ain't working too hard. Nah, you, you working your ass off. I tell people, man, that all the time, you're doing, you're doing three times the amount of work as an active guys, but making the, the third amount of money they make. A third of the money. <laughs> That's still good, 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 better money than nine to fives. Don't get that. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yep. I think yep. that people get it misconstrued sometimes when they be like, oh, he just on practice squad. Ain't no just on practice squad. <laughs> I'm on the team. <laughs> you getting that, you getting that work, boy. Straight up. So with, with the Packers and 
Yeah. Being able to see some great wide receivers there. Of course, one of the greatest quarterbacks, I say all time, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, no question. Did you realize just how how special he was your rookie year, or did you just kind of think all quarterbacks are this good in the NFL? Yeah, NFL. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right, man. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it as much until I went to St. Probably to St. Louis. And you know, we kind of had a, a quarterback by committee type year. Yeah, Mark Bolger at the time. Uh, Brown Bradford was the, the quarterback. Then he got hurt. Yeah. Um, so we went on to uh, think Matt Clemens, I believe. Matt. Oh, so Bradford, man. You know, I'm from St. Louis, G. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like Bolger held on too long. I feel like Bradford got paid too much, and I, yeah. I feel like. The quarterback position there was just always eh, after Kurt Warner. But yeah, like like your experience seeing that all right, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, and you say you didn't really appreciate it till you got to another team. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it is is as separate as it should be in terms of the impact quarterbacks have on teams when people say, "Hey, this guy's gonna take you to the promised land." Or do you really feel like it's a little more balanced? Like the quarterback does a lot, but you you got to have a squad to win that Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quarterbacks do they do carry a lot of the weight, man. Um, especially on that side of the ball. But yeah, you got to have a you got to have a defense, man. Is that um, the defense? So it's gonna get you. You gotta have you gotta have one. Um, I think we saw that this past. Well, I mean, Tom a great quarterback too, but their defense balled out. You know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it's just and just going like deeper roots level with it, man. Like you can do you can be probably more aggressive or you know, you can change up your schemes on defense because of who you got on offense too, sometimes. You know, we know we know we got a guy who we oh yeah, we get in the ball, we know what he's gonna do with it, type thing, you know, and that'll kind of change up the way you the way you do play on defense. But but yeah, man, you gotta have a you gotta have a solid defense though. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel you, bro, because I done won with some scrub quarterbacks. I don't know teams where we got it done. The quarterback, he he makes sure we ain't lose it. And then mm-hmm. I also don't teams with good quarterbacks. So I know that they carry a lot, but you can win despite them if that defense really holding it down, man. The, the last thing I want to ask you about the league, man, is your technique. Playing and understanding that you have to develop and get, get better each year. Like you wasn't just going to be able to be on practice squad every single season. You, yeah. you was going to be activated at some point. You was going to have to make plays and show what you got. Yeah. Number one, how did you learn your, your technique, your craft? Was that mm-hmm. something that you had a lot of coaching or that you had to seek out information to put it into your game? Combination of both, man. Um, coaching, which definitely started in college for me, man. Um, because um, in high school, you know, you just kind of playing off talent, man. But when you get to college, you learn like it's so many ins and outs of everything. And we, and I get it in high school, you ain't got that kind of time to really get into the nuts and bolts of everything. Um, man, just getting to college, man, technique, true coverage type thing. Um, that's kind of what's wrong. But now going into the league, now I was, I was, I would say I was blessed enough to be around. A lot of corners that I actually looked up to growing up. Um, starting off in Jacksonville, I was able to play a snap alongside with Shane Mathis. Shane Mathis. Um, 
Then, of course, we went to Green Bay, had two guys that I looked up to, Al Harris and Charles Woodson, um, two two great ones. Um, I said Charles one of the goats, man. Like Man, man, man look here, man. Being in the meeting room with him. Hey, you, you know, he, he ain't no, no loud and riding guy. You know, he ain't going to say too much. But when he did speak, you know, everybody everybody listened, including the coaches. <laughs> but um, – and I, I tell people, man, looking back, man, I feel I feel like I didn't – you're always going to have some kind of regrets, I feel. You know, that's just kind of what it is. But was I going hard enough, man? Because every time we got on the plane to go to an away game, he was already there. He was on the plane watching his watching his laptop. This was before we even had iPads. But he on there studying already. And he's a – he was at, the, at that time, he was probably already a Hall of Famer. You know, it's like, man, like – I need I need to get to that get to that level, um, yeah. but yeah, being around him, man, one of the smartest guys too. He played nickelback. I was there. Uh, one of the things I took. One thing I played nickel, so he played corner safety and nickel. Like that's yeah. wild. Yeah, one thing I took from him, man, playing nickel, it, it's kind of crazy. He uh, like when he whenever he had a blitz or whatever going on, like he he never was really looking at the offensive formation. He would always use the, the jumbotron. As his as his cues, mm. as far as timing up and everything, you know. Mm. Now, and of course, he 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 can take gambles that a lot of people can't take, you know. Right, right. <laughs> he got to be in a deep half, but he like he about to red, you know, about to blitz out the edge type thing, you uh, know. Or, or, <laughs> or if, now this one the crazy one I saw. You know, sometimes receivers they'll put him in motion like a uh, dummy motion to see see if you in man coverage, zone coverage, or whatever. Yeah. He'll be he'll be in man coverage. He'll let the receiver go. Just to, he just it's just a chess match you playing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, you know I don't think it ever. You know, not in my knowledge. I don't know if it ever came back to bite him. <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, I was like, man, man, that's that takes some guts there. To do man, that. That, take, that takes some 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 guts for sure. And also knowing, hey, bro, they not benching me. They gonna bench a lot of people out here. They not gonna bench me. I'm gonna I'm talk to coach. Be like, my bad. <laughs> I'm gonna tell coach my bad, <laughs> and I'm going back out there. <laughs> and man, a funny thing during the game, a lot of people probably don't know, man. And uh, but uh, like when defense came off the field, he like he he never he never came and like sat with the defense or talked with the coaches. He was he he, he always did his own. He he go down to the other end, and just sit. Yeah. If it was something major, I had to go tell him. They go tell him. But other than that. Uh, you know, he, he's he, he visualized and think about something else. Got it. He didn't study the game so much. Like, I don't, ain't nothing else. I don't think you really could tell him. <laughs> you know, that's just the way I, I looked. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a pleasure, man. It was definitely a great opportunity to be around, seeing how he, how he handled business, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely blessed for those opportunities. For sure, G man. Just just being around greats and Hall of Famers through your career, it it, it kind of inspires you on a different level because you seeing this ain't just how it's done if you want to play in the league. This is how it's done if you want to be a Hall of Famer. Exactly. That give you a whole new perspective and approach to the game, man. For for you getting towards the end of your football career, did you? I already had that plan coming out of college uh, of what you wanted to get into next, or, or did you kind of get an opportunity thrown at you from playing in the league? Uh, coming out of college, no, no, not at all. 
Um, but I would say probably it started kind of kind of clicking for me probably around my fourth year, fourth year playing. Um, you know, that's kind of when uh, got it got got into the real estate game a little bit mainly because I bought my first first my first home for myself. Um, it was in 2011. So, um, but yeah, that's I know we're gonna probably get into it, but uh, and that's kind of that's what I got into with real estate. So, I don't know what I don't know how you want to go from here with the question, but yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like jumping into the real estate, I'm the type of person who I got to see something demonstrated before I'm putting my money in something. Gotcha. And sometimes that made me a little late to the party. I ain't gonna lie, you know, there's people who get just the word and the information and they putting their money in and they making a move. I'm going to get there one day, you know, one yeah. day I'm going to be able to just send you that, that, that 10, 20 bands and we're going to say, make it happen. I don't care. But right now I need to see what's going on mm -hmm. with these thousands of dollars. And so for you, the game of real estate, I feel like it's very tangible and that's why I enjoy it. I mm -hmm. feel like you can see how this investment is changing your life. We opened up this store, yeah. And the store pays for the rent of our apartment upstairs. Mm -hmm. And so now we're able to cut that rent expense out of our monthly budget, which is a, it's a major win, you know. And yep. so I look at having assets as a way to get back some of our freedom. And, and real estate is a great way to do that for you. What, what What's your vision with real estate and What's your plan? Because some people say, hey, I want to flip houses. Some people say, I want to go into multifamilies. Like, what, what are you doing specifically with your portfolio? So uh, um, even from day one, man, my goal was to have my real estate, all my rental properties, the, the, in, the residual income from my rental properties cover my monthly expenditures for my household. That was my number one goal. Uh, and that there's two parts to that. Obviously, it's it's getting those rental properties up and running, rent it, you know, at good rents, purchasing at a good price as well. That's gonna make sense to rent them. And two, where a lot of people don't talk about or get wrong is you got to be able to control your own household budget as well. Because now, if, if I'm at home just you know spending out the spending out ads, you know, money left and right, it will be hard to catch up to that number. With your rental properties to to give you that financial freedom that you was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, coming out when I was fresh out of the league, um, had some money I had saved up, and that's what I was using to purchase all you know my rental properties, getting rent ready and all that good stuff. But at home, I mean, at home we were we were we were dead set on living, you know, living on as less as possible. You know, to be able to have everything cover from from my rental income at the time, you know, so I I had a I had, we had our budget number, you know, and and that's what that's the number we, we banked on. Starting out, of course, we we won at that number because we only had one one or two, you know, so it, the budget was even lower at home. But as we as we added more, then our household budget would come up a little bit until we got to a real spot. That way, it's not a risk they can keep on. And my second, my second goal for real estate was to uh, get to a five figure uh, monthly residual, um, and and it's two two parts. Of that as well. You know, once you make it to that number, I got enough to run my household, 
Plus, I got enough to put into the side over here so I can keep reinvesting in more real estate at the same time. And it's all, it's all residual, you know. So um, that, that was my goal, man. It's always been financial freedom. Uh, flipping. <clears throat> Flipping never really caught my caught my caught my eye. Um, you know, I think flipping is good for folks who are trying to trying to get their capital up uh, in the beginning of their real estate journey. You know, trying to get those big checks, those big wins. So, because ultimately, in a day, even all the people I followed that did flipping, yeah. their end goal was always to be able to buy buy and hold rentals, and that's yeah. what I started out getting buy and hold. That's for the long term, right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. want stuff that can keep paying you every month. Yeah, you do a big flip, you get a big check, you know, you get you get that, that money, and yeah. now you're just back at cash again. And yeah. now you gotta, you know, you're spending that, it's just going down and down again, you know, unless you keep reinvesting it. <clears throat> and with flipping, you gotta keep going. You know, you get that check, now you gotta do it again, you know. But my my mindset was always stuck on uh let's get this rental, <clears throat> get the residual from it, keep the residual coming. <clears throat> And I get another one and just keep stacking like that. Oh, uh, buying holes always been my game, man. Um, um, but yeah, a lot of stories from real estate too, man. So if you want to dive into that, mm-hmm. no, no, you said buy and hold, right? Buy and hold, yep. It's just just rentals. Um, you're buying it and holding it, you Absolutely. know. Now I have did one flip. Um, it just it's something that fell in my lap. The number, the, the, the spread on it was so good. I was like, okay. And plus, it was a you know, I had an HOA. I really don't like doing HOA. Got a lot of restrictions or whatever. So that, that made sense to just flip it on out. Uh, I made a tight flip um, in and out. Um, and man, I, and 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 too early on, man, in the real estate journey, um, I was hands on a lot, man. Um, I, I think I might have showed you the picture, but I showed them somebody. But anyway. Um, like I, I was there, I was there, tearing out, tearing out walls, tearing out floors, the sledgehammers. You doing all that, huh? Yeah, putting it back, sheet hanging, sheet rock painting, yeah, um, and all kind of stuff. You know, my mindset was again, my mindset was on. I got this one. I got this this this, this certain amount of money I want to put toward real estate. How can I make it stretch the furthest? You know, and if you're gonna hire it, if you're just gonna tell somebody, hey, come, you know, come fix the house, and I'll pay you. You know, you're gonna you're gonna pay for that you're gonna pay for that convenience you know i like well i got family members who who in construction why not just hire them to you know work alongside me show me the show me the show me the uh tools of the trade um you know and and we work together learning i'm learning at the same time i'm learning in and outs of houses like even to this day you know something going on one of my tenants if I call them, they kind of explain to what was going on. I already know what's going on. So even if I got a handyman that's going to go do the work, I can call him. I can tell him exactly what to pick up, exactly what he's going to need to do. That, that, that kind of leaves out his got to go out there. He got to go diagnose the problem, all this, that. Again, still saving money at the same time. So, um, yes, sir. yeah, yeah, definitely, man. For three years, man, I, I went I went hard. I went pretty hard doing that. <laughs> play that. No pun, well, all pun intended. You gotta lay the foundation to what you're yeah. trying to build. You know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what you was able to do. And I'm in that journey myself. Like me and my fiance, we looking to leverage our our first time homeowners loan separately. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to a real estate agent, and what he was telling me is that before we get married, we can do it individually, 
That way we both get the opportunity to get multifamily units if we mm -hmm. want to go that route. For oh, yeah, you. That's, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Man, if we could do that, G, like it's it's a com super competitive market right now in Arizona. <clears throat> but that's definitely have, have you heard of the strategy? Um um, hey, house hacking. Have you heard of house hacking yet? I have. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, I don't know if y'all, you know, if that's something y'all want to do or whatever. But if I, I, I was if I, if I was starting over, if I had to start over, single guy, you know, or maybe with a family, I, I probably would do it. You know, but I would definitely house hack. Get a multi-family, live in one of the units, rent the other ones out. They paying for the mortgage and hopefully more. You know, well, it should be more. You know, on top of that, so now you can keep stacking that on the side. So you can get yep. your next property, you know. Exactly. So definitely something, you know, keep keep your eye on something like that. Now that's what we're looking to do. And and not yeah. only can you take the cash flow and use that to get new properties, you could take the assets themselves and have them as collateral if you want to get another type of property. But yep. it's just like it's so much to it. It's like monopoly in real life. It's a hundred percent what that is. And so oh, yeah. when, when, when you get to the point where you're looking at loans, because a lot of people, this way it gets tricky. How, how were you able to secure the proper loans for your rental properties in different situations? Like when now, did you start, just start or was it different yeah. when you just started up securing loans versus securing loans now? So I, I will say this, a lot of investors, they probably wouldn't agree the way I did it. Um, I actually, I went all cash, man. Um, Again, I had I had saved some cash, but now the market I went into, um, making Georgia, that, that's where most of my rental properties are at. I mean, the prices were just they, they was a lot cheaper down there. Um, yeah. I mean, I could I was buying houses for eight grand, ten grand, a whole house, <laughs> whole house. Of course, they need to be they need to be fully rehabbed for sure. But just the point that it's eight grand, like you could yeah. turn some. <laughs> Yep, but by the time we all done, I still was only only I was only in for like thirty grand, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, so yeah, you see, you can see you can see how the, how the money can stretch more. Right, with properties that cheap. Um, so yeah, asking me about you know how to secure loans starting out, I wouldn't have the answers for you on that. Mm -hmm. um, now it is I do know it's probably a lot of companies out there who who are, um, you know be interested in looking at you doing that. So. Uh, the options are out there. I will say that. Will say yeah. That. Is it is it easier once you get into the game to kind of have the insight and the information on where to get these new properties, or is everything just on Zillow? Like, how how, how are you able to find what you want to do and what makes sense for you? Yeah. No. I'm, I I would say I didn't I didn't get none of my properties off of like Zillow or Realtor.com, nothing like that. You gotta be you gotta be willing to. Uh, well, I got a lot of mine from wholesalers. Mm. Are you familiar with that term, wholesalers? Uh -huh. People, yeah. But explain, explain it for the audience. Yeah. So. yeah. So wholesalers, they pretty much middlemen between uh, people who, you know, want to get rid of some property, and they the middleman to an investor. So, you know, this wholesaler, he knows he knows somebody from his church, who, you know, the family that had the property, don't nobody want to do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I got an investor who might want it. They, they, they agree to buy from the person at that church for 10 grand, you know, but I'm, I'm going to sell it to the investor for 13. You know, yeah. he just putting his fee in the middle. Uh, that's how wholesalers make their money without even having to touch, touch the properties. So that's another way people just get into real estate and really get their capital up is wholesaling. 
Um, obviously, I use small numbers, but I mean, people can do bigger numbers. Like they can buy hundred thousand dollar houses, sell them to investors for one fifty, and they made fifty grand in the middle. You know, especially like like Atlanta right now, the way people flipping houses like that, you can find a good deal. You know, put your fee on it, sell it to the investor. Investor still gonna win there because it's still a cheap price for him. When he done fixing it, he sell for four hundred. You know, so everybody everybody win along the way. Um, well, that's that's what, that's, the, the renter is not winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but so that's how I got most of my man. And once you once you get into it and you buy a couple from these wholesalers, they, 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 they so when they get the good deals, they gonna get it first. You know, but if you just somebody just you try to look at everything they do, they never buy nothing. You know, they they not gonna be quick to come show you the problem. Um, and, and and too man, like I was really growing with, with rental properties. Everybody I ran into, I told them what I did. You know, I, I'm in I'm in real estate. I'm, I'm an investor. You know, I, so if you know or whatever. And actually, I got man, I got a couple properties like that. Just randomly met one of my neighbors in the, in the neighborhood. Um, at a neighborhood block party, got to yeah. talk. You know, this is what I do. Bam, bam. They're like, oh man, one of my coworkers trying to sell on his parent house right now. You know. I was like, all right, cool. What's the numbers on it? We know what he want for it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think he said something like 46. I'm like, okay. Said, I look at it. You know, that's that's the flip off somebody actually, the townhouse in, with the HOA. Uh-huh. Looked at it, and I'm like, okay, I can resell that for 10. I think I sold 109. But it was mm-hmm. cosmetic flip. We put like eight grand in it. Yeah. But again, a short conversation. You know, you never know, you never know who. Who know who trying to get rid of rid of, rid of get rid of some real estate? Mm-hmm. So I'm always I'm always telling people what you know what I do what I'm looking for. Uh, but yeah, it does I, it, it does get a whole lot smoother, man. Once you get in the game, people know your name, you know you're serious for one. Um, and then don't be afraid to go to to your local your local um, real estate meetups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such it's so much more organic in those local groups. Yeah, because uh, people know the area. They're gonna they're gonna show you. I mean they're not show you, but they're gonna bring the good deals to you. You gotta think about it too. A wholesaler not gonna just try to sell you anything that's gonna be crap because they want you to be a repeat buyer. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they want to give you something good. Oh man, he gave me he gave me good. You know, he, he made his feet, but he didn't try to get too greedy. You know, I had made my money or whatever, but again, they're gonna have some more for you later on when they find it. So yeah, uh, relationships, man. Like anything, relationships is key. No, it's everything, man. That's how you are able to not just progress in life, but to flourish because people see your character, they see your value, and they see that you are actually genuine with what you're trying to do. You're not just fluff. You know, you're putting the work in, you're learning. You literally was in there laying the wood, cementing things if you need to, all the way to the point of managing the properties and making sure that everything is cash flowing smoothly man so it's a it's, it's impressive bro to just see that we take that 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 grit that perseverance yeah. and that competitiveness from football and you just put it into real estate and that same type of focus yeah. and you was a yeah. playbook guy and and now you know what i'm saying you take it to be the guy that's managing the numbers that's looking at the vision that's making sure this is fit into what you see as your real estate vision, man. And, exactly. and I know it ain't easy, bro, juggling that. 
at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, say it again. No, I was just gonna ask because because I don't want to hold you too long, man. We we we. Oh, I no. know. We're good. Oh, for sure, then we good. Then. So I wanted to know when it comes to our people, like our community specifically, mm-hmm. and using real estate as a way to get your financial freedom, but to me it's deeper because once you get your financial freedom, you can kind of get your peace of mind. Man. And when you don't have that type of stress, when you don't have that type of worry, I believe that that's what kind of transforms your outlook at life and you treat people differently. You're able to engage with your family differently. Like you said, you can even put your family on and give them opportunity. So just speak a little bit on, on real estate as a as a move to help your family and also your thoughts on on gentrification happening just across the whole country yeah man uh again financial freedom was always the number one goal for me man i got young kids uh seven and five and i mean just going through life you you see so many people like man i look back and i i feel like i just missed everything you know what i mean but that ain't gonna be that ain't gonna be me you know what i mean I don't I, I done made every practice. I done coached every team that they done been on. Um, you know, done been here every day that came home, you know, hanging from school and all that good stuff. But man, it it's a different level, man. Once you ever experience it, like you'll never once you ever experience it being able to wake up and make your own schedule for the day, you ain't gotta go clock in nobody clock. <laughs> and and stuff and everything will be good at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you, you'll find every way you can to stay stay in that position. Like, yes. like man, it's 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 life changing, man. Uh, just the the deeper connection you can have with your family, your marriage, your kids. Uh, just being just being present, you know. Especially in our community, man. Uh, you know, I know that's one thing that's probably plagued us. You know, parents having to be away from home so much because because of things that happen. 400, 300 years ago, right? right. We, we didn't get that. We didn't get the equity passed down to us. Nope. So now we grinding every day, two jobs a day. Kids, kids ain't seeing their parents two hours a day. Come home and eat, and it's time to go to sleep. Like that ain't that ain't healthy, man. Uh, you know, I know people got to do what they got to do, but um, at the end of the day, man, you you got to find a way to bring some equity into your world so you can. So you don't have to work, you know, work so hard and give away all your time. Because time is something. That's what I value the most. Time you can't get back. Money is what it is. You can get it back. Mm-hmm. And time, once it's gone, it's gone. You know, so uh, once my son turned eight, he'll never be seven again. So I'm sure. trying to eight while he's seven. Mm-hmm. My daughter, same way. You know. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, man, financial freedom, man, that's – like, like Ho said, it's, it's all the hope. All the hope, G. Because I, I I see it. I see the joy you guys just talking about of being able to tap in with your peoples and not have to be in that that rat race. Just rat race, man. Trying to make everybody else happy, make everybody else money. You know what I'm saying? And then get your little chip at the end and got your little period of time where you're trying to squeeze in practice, you're trying to squeeze in date night, you're trying to squeeze in a call to moms and pops, and it, it, it can be overwhelming for people, but real estate is a great tool to to kind of escape that. And, and, and the second part of what I was saying 
on, on gentrification and seeing how our neighborhoods aren't being brought back by us. You yeah. know, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that? Man, gentrification, the actual word, right? Actual word. I don't think people should just get triggered by the word. Right. That, that just means you just improving the area. Exactly. At the end of the day. But of course, a lot of times we're the ones who catch the, the low end of that stick. Yeah. But I, but there's another thing I think. If we were to just get educated on how real estate works in our market, how how money works, how money flows, like I don't think I, I would like to hope that we wouldn't be on the short end of that stick. Mm-hmm. If they come offering you so much money for your grandmama's house, don't don't, don't sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get, go partner with an investor. Mm-hmm. He can put in the money with you, with the family. Y'all can fix it up, you know, keep yourself, whatever you want to do. Now y'all can reap the benefits. Yeah. But, you know, I know how the game go. People people going to approach these folks, approach folks. Hey, we got we got you. Uh, we got a thirty thousand dollar check with your name on it for that house. Yeah. Thirty thousand. I ain't never seen thirty thousand. Give me that check. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just see the money and take it and run. And I really what that rent is now. You finna go and pay rent somewhere for thirty months and then paid off your house. <laughs> That's it. You know. And then, but but they done took the house. They done put sixty in it. Mm-hmm. They in for ninety. Now they done sold it for two fifty. <laughs> you know what you I'm and your granny now she in a one bedroom apartment somewhere thinking that life is great not knowing that that uh retirement drying up you know what i'm saying and man it's i think i think we could slow it if we just educated on it um end of the day um yeah you i mean you, you do hate to see people getting displaced um but yeah like like i said atlanta man it's a whole lot of that going on bankhead wayside atlanta you know bankhead ti yeah Man, it ain't nothing what it look, used to look like now. Change names of streets, you know, change everything. Mm-hmm. I, I got I got some property over there. Hey, man, people call me every day, two times a day, trying to buy that house. Nah, we ain't going to let it go, though. Buy a hole. Buy a hole. Buy a hole on them, man. Um, but, yeah, it's so many, so many different angles to the game, man. Yeah, education. You gotta gotta educate yourself on it. Be knowledgeable. Real talk, man. Cause that's what's gonna change it from being that negative connotation with the word gentrification. Instead of hearing that and be like, man, these white people always coming and taking our hood. You heard gentrification, and you like, oh, oh, that means we got an investment play coming. That yep. means, oh, being the homies, we about to go really buy back the block, or we about to go really get a property out somewhere else and figure out how to make some good capital equity and then bring that back <laughs> to the block you figure out how to build some business some commerce <clears throat> or just do whatever you try and do man and so mm-hmm. I, I i say i just salute it man i i see i see the platform and the plans that you laid out g and like i told you our plans i i'm i'm trying to follow in certain footsteps and tap in with people that's demonstrating that man and so yeah uh, the last thing i always want to lead a lead a mic to my guest if there's anything you want to lead the people with man um God, i mean if you, if you if you got some value for it man from from this podcast i mean feel free rewind it get you know get something out of it man um and what what do what i want to say so much stuff we talked about yeah. <laughs> man I'm, I'm big on wealth building man i'm big on wealth building personal finance man so Man, get in tune with that, man, because I think personal finance, 
you get that if you get that part of your life in order, it touches every other area of your life. You know, because it, it stems out so much just from just from one thing. Like it touches everything in your life. Um, but yeah, man, just get just get educated on everything. Um, oh, just a, a plug shirt I got on my RV park. I got to you know if anybody into into camping, RV in life. Hey, I'm in the camping. I might need to holler at you, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm in Arizona now. Like I'm a city boy at heart from St. Louis, but now that I've been out in this desert life, I'll be outside for real. So yeah. <laughs> that, that's a dope, that's a dope venture, man. We're gonna definitely have to connect on that just because I want to learn more about uh how you got that started too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh yeah, it was, it was it's a story to that too, but uh but man, it's uh it's definitely fun, man. Man, you see it's so awesome. many people go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, how can the people tap in with with that business and with you just personally? Uh, so, talk about RV Park. We got a website out, uh, Worthen RV Park. You know, or you can just Google Worthen RV Park. This is where I'm from, actually. This is where I'm from, Worthen. Um, That's dope. That's dope. But um, yeah, do that. Social media, myself, Joshua, Joshua Gordy. Um, got a lot of ways you can reach me. Worthen RV Park on social media as well. Um, but yeah, man, that's. Our vision, man, for the park was just to just to pull people out of the city, man, and get them to decompress, come out to the country, man, sit back, relax, and just just have a good time, put put the work week behind them, and man, you'll be you'll be amazed, man, how many people come out and just fall in love with the country life, you know how I grew up, but uh, <laughs> you know they 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 love it, man. We love to have them. Right up, G. You think I'm playing, bro? Like I love to like outside outdoors. Yeah, with this being in the the rivers or the creeks, man, I'm down that's, for. It. That's what we do, man. We uh we rent ATVs as well. Oh yeah, everything. So yeah, we do we do uh we do ATV rides, man. We have a we just did one back in April uh, from a nonprofit, and uh and we had about fifty ATVs come out. We rode for about four hours, man. We just we hit them dirt roads out there in the country, man. We just ride. Nah. Right, man. I got to tap in with you on that one, G. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's different. different. So you do some you do tent camping or what? You say what? Do you do tent camping or, or, or what kind of camp you do? Yeah, I done been tent like we don't got we don't got no whole RV. Like we really sleeping on the dirt. We got sleeping bags inside the tent. And that's, <laughs> real, that's real camping anyway. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely down for it, man, for real. Yeah. Nah, Josh, man, really, truly appreciate your time, brother. Yes, I know sir. just to follow up on some things, bro, people that come out of small towns or don't have all of the accolades or high recruits, you still got that opportunity, man. What God has for you, as long as you're putting in that work, you can get the opportunity to play at the highest level in sports. And even after that, man, you was able to connect the dots and see that, I got my capital saved up, smart enough to keep that bread and yep. know that this can be leveraged to the next phase of life. And then yep. even further, bro, you have cash flow coming from different properties, but it's for a plan, it's for a vision for the Worthen RV Park, man, in your hometown, actually putting, like we talking about, putting a new spin on gentrification and changing it so that people want to come to the country for a good time yeah. To be yeah. high time with their loved ones, man. So, yeah. bro, it's much love, G. And if you ever in AZ, I got you, man, for sure. I appreciate it, man. I definitely appreciate you having me on, man. 
I enjoyed it. That's a bet, man. To all our listeners, appreciate y'all tapping into another episode. Shout out our sponsors, Realist Rare Brand, Alkaline Activated. Until the next time, we're going to double up. All right.